You are listening to the Staffing Tech Podcast Series. In this series, staffing executives offer valuable insights for leaders across the industry to learn from. The ultimate goal of the podcast is to elevate the discussion of staffing technology, provide actionable insights to decision makers, help listeners learn from the experience, successes, and sometimes failures of leaders who have innovated and are moving the space forward and enhance the future state of the staffing industry. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. In this episode of the Staffing Tech podcast series, David Francis discusses with Jordan Block the extent to which technology could be a differentiator for staffing companies and what parts of the staffing industry are likely to remain the same long into the future. Jordan shares the direct sourcing strategies that his company currently uses in a competitive market, and the episode concludes with what Staffing the Universe expects over the next five years and where Jordan sees his company headed. Last two questions here on this, on kind of technology use is one, I suspect I know how you'll answer this, but I'm, I'm still going to ask and I'm curious. So, you know, our thesis as an organization is that firms of the future are going to be digital first, services are going to increasingly digitize, and technology provides a kind of a short to midterm uh, differentiator, which eventually becomes in the long term, you know, table stakes. I'm curious whether you think that technology can be a differentiator for, for staffing companies. Is it a differentiator for staffing the universe? And if so, you know, why or, or why not? I think that's a great question and one I haven't thought about right now. But I think the way I would address that is saying technology can streamline things tremendously. And where it's added value for us is speed to market, whether that's finding talent quicker, whether that's getting them through the compliance process faster, whether that's continually staying engaged with them, getting people redeployed better, that becomes a differentiator, not the underlying technology. We're going to market and we're, we're up against other staffing firms that may have pools of people or that may have a great candidate that we're going up against. It's all about getting that candidate in the door with the client in the best experience possible. So for me, the, tech, the differentiator on the tech side is doing things more efficiently, more compliantly, in a more streamlined way. And that allows us to offer a differentiated solution to our client that's measurable. So I definitely agree with your sentiments. I think it's just a little different twist on it. But I think it's all about that experience and speed to market that technology empowers us to have. It allows you to do your core mission better. Exactly. Or if it does allow you to do a core mission better, then it is a differentiator. If it doesn't, then it's, then it's probably not. Yeah. You know, in, in, in our sales process, I'm not going to a client and leading with You'll never believe the, the AI algorithms that we're using to screen out candidates with. That's not how we deal with it. But we are leading with, we're going to provide you candidates quicker, high, better talent, in a more competitive, cost-conscious way. So it deliverables of the technology more so than the actual tech. Fascinating. One last piece here is, I guess, a sign of the time. So, you know, we had the pandemic last year, and it seems like sometime around April, the world turned on its head again. We suddenly got into kind of a candidate constrained market again, really fast. And so we've seen, you know, we've observed job board efficacy going down across the board, kind of traditional sourcing mechanisms not being quite as effective. So I'm just curious if you've, you know, observed this yourselves and if you've come up with any alternative sourcing strategies to find and engage candidates outside of your traditional, you know, advertising on job boards or job aggregators and the like. I think outside of just the war on talent, there's a lot of macroeconomic trends going on, whether that's stimulus spend, whether that's 
just overall situations going on across the country in different local geographic markets, there definitely is challenge finding quality talent. People are leaving jobs, higher pay rates. So there's a lot of factors going on right now. I personally think if you have a well-groomed staffing organization, this is the best time for you to show how special you are. Because recruiting isn't posting a job on a job board and taking the applicant and slotting them in, you know, in a vendor management system for a client to interview. Any platform or technology can do that automatically for you. And I don't think there's value in a recruiter doing that. If you're a really qualified recruiter and understand how to properly recruit someone, there's art in it. And you're going out to your networks, you're mining social sites, you're going to niche organizations or community groups or really diving deep outside of just posting on CareerBuilder, Monster, Zip, Indeed, any of these sites. There's a lot of strategies. Some are secret sauce things. Some are just ways of, of properly engaging with talent. But right. if you can hold your weight as a staffing company, you should love the challenge right, of, of finding good quality talent. The two-edged sword. It's harder to recruit, but when you, if you can recruit well and if you can engage well, well you know this is, this is the best of times. Well said. Well said. So we're proud of our team. We're excited in what we can do. And we're confident in our ability to staff and support these needs. Now, if someone's looking for a purple squirrel who can dance on, on the squirrel's head, I mean, we can't find that person, right? They, they don't exist. But if the person's out there, we're going to do our best to, to dive deep and do some non-traditional ways of finding people. Have you had any success or have you attempted doing internal database searches as opposed to going to market to a job board? Have you seen that, that channel be effective? You know, it's so funny. When I talk to colleagues and I ask them, you know, where, where are their sources of, of talent? They always lead with job boards and they lead with other solutions. Almost never, very rarely do I hear someone say they have a proprietary database of talent. For us, over the last 20 plus years, you know, we're paying for all of these resumes and candidates that we've qualified, that we've worked with in the past. So we have millions upon millions of candidates and we do our best to pool them and understand who's ready, who's available. We use technology to enable that, whether that's redeployment campaigns, whether that's chatbots to work with candidates who are just passive seekers. So we do leverage tech there, but mining your actual database in your applicant tracking system is could be gold, right? I think that's an untapped resource that a lot of recruiters go past, unfortunately. Right. Certainly an under-leveraged resource, I, I'd say. I agree with you. Well, I'm curious to see how the, the, the candidate kind of market, whether this environment we're in, how long this persists for, but uh, we're in kind of historic times right now. So I want to change gears a little bit here, Jordan, to technology disruption or the threat of disruption. We talked a little bit about platforms potentially coming in and you know the whole purpose is that they remove the intermediary, they remove the middleman and have kind of a, a self-service model. And so I'm just curious to what extent, there's kind of two as- angles to this. The one is, are these companies going to you know, disrupt the staffing industry or my business specifically? And then the other angle is, is you know, do we build something that you know, mimics or, or replicates what some of these, uh, these companies are doing? And so you know, curious your thoughts on both of those. To what extent are you seeing these models? Like, are you seeing any of these companies at the clients that you work with, any of these platforms at the clients you work with? Or, you know, are you exploring, you know, possibly maybe changing the business model a little bit or leveraging some technology to, you know, maybe, maybe have an offering 
that's a little bit more platform-like, a little bit less, you know, traditional staffing-like. And I appreciate the question because I think it's, it's top of mind for a lot of executives in the staffing space. And I think one of our primary roles as leaders is to look at where the disruptors are coming in the next six months, year, two years, five years, 10 years. I think from our perspective, it's multifaceted. In, in the way of marketplaces, we're seeing a huge rise in those. I know ourselves as an organization, we've linked into that and we've built partnerships with some of those marketplaces, just another source of talent and trying to understand oh, interesting. where those people are coming from. Instead of being afraid of these, of these marketplaces, again, we're not going out and building them ourselves. That just speaks to our strategic direction, but leveraging those marketplaces as partners, it, it could be a value add to a lot of our clients. So that's one side of things. On the talent clouding side of things, you know, really building solutions that are direct sourcing, that's something that we've embraced tremendously. We have technology that allows us to manage talent clouds and manage the communication around that. So building up high volume needs and sourcing solutions for our clients. So I think we're leaning into those type of solutions a lot. And then you have the, you know, the, the Uberization of staffing that you hear, like the gig economy and the gig workers. How are they going to be connected through platforms like Fiverr, or Upwork, or any, any of those other kind of platforms that do these things? So that's something that we haven't really leaned into too much at this point. But it's something that we constantly watch and understand. And a lot of our clients ask about it. So it's something that we help counsel them on and talk them through and talk about the value add and concerns. We share hot topics legally around those platforms, whether it's IC misclassification concerns or other legal areas that they should be aware of. But it's, it's really an education for our clients on that side of it. So like I said, three-pronged approach, a little multifaceted piece around how we approach those intermediaries. Got it. On the direct sourcing side specifically, are you guys like going out to market to, you know, like try to sell a direct sourcing solution or is it more that you built kind of a, a model where you can service direct sourcing clients or both? Yeah, we have a model that supports it through curation. We leverage a technology platform to help us manage that. But again, a lot of that comes down to just our expertise and knowledge and experience running those kind of programs, the pain points. So there's a tremendous value just industry experience affords us in managing that kind of program. Got it. Last thing here, just, uh, you know, pulling out your crystal ball, you know, looking at the future. Big question is where do you see the industry in five or 10 years? But let's just keep it to, to your company specifically, because that's where you control the, the sales. So, you know, <laughs> how do you think your business is going to change over the next five years? Like what areas do you see growing and what kind of investments would you like to make? And how would you like to see your company evolve over the next five years? That's a great question. So I'm not going to take out my crystal ball for the industry as a whole. I think that's too difficult. And a lot of PhDs get paid a lot of money to look at labor economics. So that's not my uh, area that I'd like to comment on today. But I can share from our company's perspective, we're investing heavily in our healthcare deliverable, supply chain logistics deliverable, really promoting the areas of focus that we feel are going to be growing and expanding as an industry where there's going to be growth potential and needs for contingent labor. So that's on the, on that side of the business. On the technology side, I think that continually streamlining solutions, finding efficiencies in our processes through low code automation, through RPA, through deployment campaigns, redeployment campaigns, engagement solutions, 
I think that's going to become all the new focus area for staffing executives because doing what we're doing today is fine. But I, I think if we want to deliver next generation solutions, it's going to be how do we do it faster, more compliantly, more value add to all of our clients. For lack of a better word, how difficult was the, you know, automating some of your processes via RPA? Realize there's a variety of kind of solutions that are in the market and, you know, kind of a range of complexity. I'm just curious what your experience was as a mid-sized organization doing some of this stuff. Yeah. So we looked at a bunch of solutions a couple of years ago when we, when we first invested in the area. The one route we could have went was really to have bots do various tasks and pay a consulting firm hundreds of thousands of dollars to implement. But that really wasn't the route that we wanted to go. We decided to invest heavily with Catalytic, low-code automation, found them to be a fantastic partner and really grow our, our automations through their platform primarily. And we have a few other solutions, but that's, that's a key area just in terms of processes. But we really empower our employee-level folks to understand where the gaps are and promote and find solutions that work for them. So look at inefficiencies suggest potential solutions and really get them involved in building potential solutions. So they're really involved and empowered with those solutions. So that, that's been our approach to RPA and it's been wildly successful. That's great. And I guess the advantage there with, for those, you know, maybe listening to a low code means that you don't need to be a developer in order to, you know, build and deploy solutions. There's kind of a user interface where you can, you know, build these different automations. Yep. I'm I, I by no means an engineer and recently yesterday I was building automations to streamline various like notification processes. So your reply to me was, uh, no, I'm just joking. Maybe yeah, there'll be a, be an RPA tool. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very great. Well, this has been fantastic. I appreciate your time and your wisdom here, Jordan. I guess last question I'll leave you with is, uh, or just for fun, actually. My friend Peter Thiel has this question he likes to ask when he interviews folks. And the, the question is, you know, what important truth do very people or do very few people agree with you on? Kind of a interesting, you know, potentially contentious question. So for the sake of having fun, I'd ask you. I, I appreciate the challenging question. So I think I would definitely get a lot of pushback from my contemporaries in the industry because what I'm going to say may be a little controversial. And just to, to preface it, I strongly believe in technology, finding innovative solutions, and really streamlining processes in more efficient ways. So with that framework <laughs> mentioned, I think technology is only so great as it is. I think it's not right for everyone. I think that a lot of companies can do really well with very minimal technology. Where I think the tech is important is if you have really solid processes. And if you have underlying core functions that you are very well aware of and understand, tech can help you streamline those. But Purchasing technology isn't going to solve problems. It's going to make things a lot more complex. So I think it's important to understand your underlying processes, what you're doing, and then look at tech and see if it makes sense, as opposed to taking technology, implementing it, and saying, okay, now let's figure out how to you know, deliver the solution. So I don't think technology is always as great as everyone makes it out to be if it's not necessary. So I think that's a little controversial. Many people may not agree with me on that, but I think that's just my personal feelings. We'll have to get a round table together one day and have the debate. Yeah, uh, I'd love to. Fascinating insight. I appreciate it. That's excellent. 
So Jordan, thank you so much on behalf of uh, American Staffing Association, Talent Tech Labs. Uh, appreciate you taking the time with me today. And thank you everyone for listening. Thanks so much, David. Take care. Cheers. 